in 2010, me and my crew, Team Schmetta, we started winning some battles in our region and started feeling like we wanted to get to the next level and break through on a more European or world scale. So we were looking for opportunities and found this battle in Italy that we could take part of because we were hungry. We wanted to go out and show who we are, show who we were at that time. We traveled to Italy a couple days before the event. And when we arrived at that moment, it was like we were a kid in a candy store. There were crews from all over the world, big names that were participating, guys we've never met before. You had Americans, you had Koreans, you had the best French dancers. It, there was this tension in the air of all these strong upcoming crews coming together just before the battle. And the night before the main event, me and my crew partner, Ray, we walk out of the room and we go through the hotel lobby because we want to go out and get some snacks in the shop. And as we walk through the lobby, there's two guys from the Korean crew sitting in the lobby there, from Jinjo crew, which was at that, at that time, they were the upcoming Korean crew. They've done a, a couple of really nice battles, but they weren't the name they were today. And Jinjo, the name means rising fire. What's, uh, how's that for a crew name? And we saw them and were excited and wanted to talk to them. So, because at that point, Korea, and still is, is one of the main regions in the world with the, the most amount of concentration of, of dope b-boys. And to us, for Europeans, Korea was, especially at that time, is like a mystery. It's like a different land. How do they do that? What are they doing? How are they training? How do they think? So me and my crewmate, Ray, we're very extrovert. So we want to go over there and, and have a conversation. So we, we, there is sitting in the sofa. We come up in the lobby. We're talking. We're trying to talk to them. We're asking a couple of questions, but they're not really responsive. They're not really answering. And we try to force a conversation. It doesn't work. And okay, we just kept, kept walking to go out of the lobby. And it felt like there was a sense of, arrogance over them towards us which at that time it probably was a misinterpretation of what we saw because i mean me and my crewmate we thought our crew was was nothing that nobody ever heard of us that we were just coming up but apparently they already heard of what we were doing they already saw a couple of things so they they probably hadn't thought that we were an upcoming crew and didn't know what to say to us in return we were probably the mystery of europe in some sense but at that time we i felt me and my crewmen made we felt kind of offended because they, they they weren't trying to talk to us and as we were walking out of the lobby just before we got out of the door i started a conversation with my my crewmate and said like eh, those guys they really think they're hard they really think they're that great they don't even want to talk to us you saw that and 
yes, you're right, you're right. And we start having this conversation, bigging it, uh, each other up about how, how they're offending us. And it just got to the point where we say, you know what? If they think they're so hot shit, let's call them out right now. Let's call them out right now here in the lobby. Let's battle them. Nobody's here. No other judges. No audience. No other B-boys. Just the two of us versus the two of them. And my, my crewmates like, let's do it. So we walk back and we just straight up call them out. We say, okay, let's go two on two here in the lobby. They looked surprised, but, and I got to respect them for doing that. They, they went in immediately and started battling us. And I'm not giving their names because I don't want to ride their name or make, put them on the spot, but let's, they're just two guys from Jinjo, two really dope breakers. Pe people know them. And we start battling and going back and forth, back and forth. And I see though, I see them opening up. And I remember one of the guys coming in the middle of the battle, coming up to me after a couple of rounds and in this bad Korean, uh, bad English accent in the, in the Korean way, he's looking at me and he says, do you want more? <laughs> and I say, yes, come on, give it to me, baby. Let's go. And we do a bunch of rounds until we, we, the, the, the thing that we were trying to do, express ourselves and show them who we are and give all of our best when the point has been made. And then we stop the battle and we go to the night shop and get whatever we wanted to get. It's just another day in the office, baby. That's how it goes. Next day, we did the battle. We battled against them. We had an incredible battle day one. And fast forward so 10 years later, um, me and my crew, we did our thing. I, I stopped competing. I went to London. I started working in a media company for at least five years. So I've been, I haven't been competing for at least five years. And I'm in London, and there's this, this battle. And that same guy was invited, the Korean guy, was invited as a judge at this event. And in these last 10 years, when we fast forward 10 years, this crew has been the staple crew in the world, has won all the big competitions, is the main Korean crew, is the top three crews of the world. Everybody knows them. Anybody who knows anything about breaking knows, knows these guys. Nothing but respect. And here we're at this event, and I haven't competed for a long time. I haven't seen this guy for 10 years. The whole battle, I'm just there to watch, to take up the competition. And as a whole day of the event goes by, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think this guy has any idea who I am at that point. So many hours go by, I walk out of the event. And before I walk out of the event, I see him in my line of sight. And I just pass him by and I just give a, a friendly greeting and just wave my hand at him. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to recognize me or not. And as he sees me, his open, his eyes open up wide. And he's like, it's that guy. But, and, 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 and in a happy way, not in a, not an offensive way. He, his eyes open up and he's got this big smile on my face. I think it's you. Team Schmidt is you. And he comes up and in a, in a broken English way, we start having a conversation. And he's just really happy to see me. I see all the respect that comes back. I'm happy to see him. And I am just completely flabbergasted by the idea that he still remembers what we did and um, who I was. And after we have a short conversation, I leave 
the building. And wow, I felt so good. It felt so great to be remembered. If I would have just competed at the event and given a great performance, maybe even winning, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been that excited to see me. The reason why he was excited because I made it, I made him remember me. I did something that stuck in his head. Whether I won or not, it didn't matter. I did something that stuck with him. Now, how is this applicable to everyday life? Because you're going to say, all right, but uh, Alex, I'm not going to be calling out my boss or whatever. How is this applicable? Well, fast forward when I was in London, I applied the same idea of not trying to be the best, but trying to express myself to the fullest and making them remember me. And I did this unconsciously. So I was in a company where... I was creating online courses, products for a company that had a big reach. But I was a guy who was behind the scenes. I wasn't, I wasn't showcasing myself. And I was putting all my effort into creating an amazing experience and creating an online course experience that you would remember. And as people were going through these courses, they were having ex- astonishing experiences and they were trying to figure out who, were, who the man was behind or who the team members were. And as I left the company, one or two or three years later, when I started my coaching business, I reached out to people in my network, including people who have gone through these courses at this company, and they were excited that I was contacting them. They said, you're that guy who made those courses. You're that guy who had that impact. I want to talk to you. What are you all about? Let's have a conversation. And a bunch of these people that I've created an experience for back then, they became customers and we started working together. Contrasted to, let's say if I wanted to be at the company and just focused on making the most money, monetizing through courses, having marketing that sold the best instead of creating these experiences that make them that made them remember the company or what they went through, I would have left the company and I wouldn't have been able to build. It would have been harder to build a coaching business afterwards. And I want to give you this idea that throughout my life, the theme has been don't be the best, be remembered. Don't focus on trying to be the best, focus on being remembered. Many people focus on being the best but guess what being the best being number one being a champion is a comparison game it's you entering a game with with rules that somebody else has set up that everybody's playing along with they're all trying to do the same thing within this framework of trying to be the best and there can only be one winner there can only be one champion and everybody else is a loser but if you focus on being remembered that game is played by you it's not you comparing yourself to other people and you win that game by expressing yourself as much as possible by putting your intention in as much as possible by creating the best possible outcome that only you can create which is also a game playing the game of trying to be the best is understanding the rules of that game and then putting effort in 
into understanding and winning at that game, but expressing yourself through who you are and creating something that will make people remember you is also a game. It's also something to work on. It's also something to master, to be fluent in. And if you try to win, if you're not the winner, then you lose, then you have to feel bad about yourself. But if you put in effort and try to be remembered, you can be fulfilled with every result time after time after time. And it's not about the, it's not about you winning anymore. It's about you being you. And that is a framework that's better for life to live through. I wasn't the number one champion. I didn't have the number one event. I didn't uh, create the number one course. But through life, I have people remember me, which gives me a level of satisfaction. And whether I am the champion or not, I can at least rest knowing that I gave it my all. And I can be happy, fulfilled with the effort that I've put in without having to compare myself to other people. So take that in. And remember, don't be the best. Be remembered.